Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I welcome you back and excited to be with you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune in. And today we continue our series on Satan's devices, as seen in the book of Nehemiah. And we come to part two now as we think about the device of ridicule. In our last episode, we discussed the device of opposition. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you uh, to do so because we gave a lot of uh, background information about Satan, who he is as our adversary, as our enemy, and some scriptures to go with that uh, because we need to know our enemy if we're going to be successful. And so again, notice the device of opposition, and now we think about the device of ridicule. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to backtrack a little bit. Look at verses 1 through 3, because I want us to spend some time on the statements that are made by Samballot and the others uh, out of their their envy and their hatred for the good work that was going on. And no doubt you think about how Satan, uh, through his influence, is ridiculing Christians today. Uh, So with that being said, we're going to dive into that here in just a moment. But as always, I want to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. And this podcast, Weather in the Storm, is on the Scattered Abroad Network. You can find our master feed anywhere you get your podcasts. We encourage you to subscribe. Uh, And if you like the content that you hear, please share it with others. Uh, That is our goal. We want to spread it as far and wide as we possibly can to the glory of God. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find our YouTube channel. You can email us with any questions or thoughts that you may have. The Scattered Broad Network at gmail.com. You can also find our website, thescatterbroad.org. And we encourage you to uh, check us out in, in, in those various platforms. And again, I'm very, very thankful to be on this network and be able to uh, use this avenue of a podcast uh, to reach out to others. And I hope and pray that if you're going through a difficult time, you're going through a storm, that this series of lessons, that this this season... Uh, that this podcast in general can help you and be beneficial in some way. So again, we noticed in our last episode as we began this series, and and this is a five-part series on Satan's devices as seen in the book of Nehemiah, we we noticed the first device being the device of opposition. We should not be ignorant of his devices, especially not the device of opposition. As he opposes everything that is good and right, Nehemiah had to face that head-on as he was weathering the storm of opposition. But again today, let's think about the device of ridicule. In Nehemiah chapter 4, this is after the the wall was being built and everybody was so excited, everybody's fired up and working hard, that when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he was furious and very indignant and he mocked the Jews. There's your first concept then of ridicule, is, is a form of mocking. So notice what he said. He spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria. He's trying to rally the troops through ridicule. And notice what the the questions that are being asked. What are these feeble Jews doing? So here they ridicule the strength and well-being of the Jews. Here's the problem with that. By ridiculing God's people, they are essentially ridiculing God. 
What are these feeble Jews doing? Not to go back through history and think, okay, these Jews, as they increased in power and in size, God was with them and brought them out of Egyptian bondage, brought them over, let them pass through the Red Sea, brought them out of the wilderness, you know, has sent them into captivity, has brought them back. Look at what the Jews have been through. You know, yes, they were weak at times, and yes, they were even feeble at times, but when you ridicule God's people, you're ridiculing God. What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? In other words, they're rebuilding this wall. They think they're going to keep everybody out by doing this? Again, what is what are they missing? By ridiculing God's people, they're ridiculing God. Yes, this wall would fortify them in a sense, but they were fortified by the strength of God. You know, God was, was going to be the mighty fortress who would be around them and to help them and to sustain them and strengthen them. And then they asked the question, will they complete it in a day? Well, of course not. Of course, it's not going to be done in one day, but it's the idea of ridicule. You know, it's like, hey, you can't do this in one day. What's the point in doing it? It's going to take you way too long to do this. So there's ridicule involved. And then it says, will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? So in other words, it's the time element. It's the the materials. Hey, there's too much going on against them. There's no way they can do this. And so there was opposition that was brought up. Uh, And even verse 3, when Tobiah gets into it, whatever they build, even a fox goes up, it'll break down their stone wall. They they can't do this. They can't fortify themselves. And there's ridicule. I've heard it said that when there's a, a debate going on, that when somebody's position is being exploited, the next thing they do is attack somebody's character. And it's almost as if Sam Ballot and the others are seeing, okay, the people are serious about this work. Uh, you know, there's people all over the wall. There's people that are, they're they're focused, they're working hard, they're getting stuff done, there's progress going on. And so let's use this device of ridicule. And again, this is a device that Satan uses that we do not be ignorant about. Let's think about some passages in Scripture when this device of Satan is used. The first one to consider is Psalm 22, and this is the Psalm of the Cross. If you've never studied this before, I want to encourage you to study Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24 together as you think about chapter 22 being the suffering of the Savior. Chapter 23, of course, being the shepherd. And chapter 24 is the sovereign. So you have the suffering Savior, the shepherd, and the sovereign. Psalm 22, 23, and 24. The point is, without Psalm 22, you wouldn't have Psalm 23. Without Psalm 23, you wouldn't really have Psalm 24. They all work together. But Psalm 22 is the Psalm of the Cross. And you look at the quotations that are found, and you take that to the New Testament, it's extremely, extremely amazing to consider uh, the similarities between what takes place uh, while Jesus was on the cross. Notice the language in Psalm 22, 7 and 8. All those who see me ridicule me. Okay, how do they do that? What What is involved in, in ridicule? They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. 
Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. When you go to Matthew 26 and 27, you go to John 19, you go to those passages uh, in which Jesus is on the cross. Look at that language and consider what happened while he was hanging on the cross for us. They ridiculed him. They shook their head. They wagged their heads back and forth. Here's the one who claimed to be the Son of God. Here's the one who claimed to have all this power and that the Lord, that the God of the universe is his Father. He trusted to him. Let him rescue him. That is this device of Satan. That's ridicule. You think about Nehemiah and them doing a good work, and it was. But there's no greater work, there's no greater sacrifice or service than what Jesus did on the cross to save, uh, you know, save men from their sins, to die and taste death for every man, Hebrews 2.9. The just dying for the unjust, 1 Peter 3.18. And yet, with that great sacrifice, that great moment, Satan didn't back away from his influence and the people using this device of ridicule. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 14, of course, you think about Jeremiah as the weeping prophet. Lamentations has been called a funeral procession of Jerusalem. And as he's watching the city and he's watching the destruction, he's seeing all the things that are happening. He says, I have become the ridicule of all my people, their taunting song all the day. Jeremiah says, I am the one who is ridiculed. Now, why would he be ridiculed? Because he's a prophet of God. Remember what he told the people? It's going to be 70 years of captivity. And here comes Hananiah, the prophet. And he says, oh, no, no, no. It won't be be 70 years. It'll only be two years. Of course, all the people wanted to hear that. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 3 and following says there's going to come a time when people have itching ears. They don't want to hear the truth. They'll be turned away into fables. And that's what happened then as well. You know, they didn't want to hear truth, but it didn't change the fact that it was truth. Jeremiah said it's going to be 70 years. And the false prophet said, no, it'll only be two. And so he was ridiculed. Jeremiah was ridiculed for speaking truth, uh, for saying what needed to be said. And, you know, friends, it's the same exact thing today. People that are standing up for what is right are being ridiculed left and right, being ridiculed. And that's what Satan wants. Another example is in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 24. You may recall when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. When he comes, he said to the people there, remember they hired mourners and they had everybody set up. He said, make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And you know the way they reacted and responded, the Bible says that they ridiculed him. And the word picture here of ridicule it is to laugh at with contempt. You almost hear them busting out in laughter when Jesus says what he says because they have been in there and they said, okay, well, she's dead. They've already hired mourners. We've already kind of started the process to lament her death. And you say she's not dead. And so they rebuked him. Again, this is Matthew chapter 9 and verse 24. But even though they said this, and even though they rebuked him, the crowd was put outside. Jesus went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all the land. And so, yeah, they ridiculed him. 
but it was to no avail. And that's the point. You know, Satan wants to ridicule God and God's people and the things that they're doing. But if if we will stand firm and stand strong like Nehemiah did and just keep working and keep doing what God would have us to do, then the ridicule, no, no matter how sharp it may be, it can't prevent us from doing what, what God would have us to do. There's other examples uh, when you think about ridicule, maybe from a deeper standpoint, but there's one that really jumps out to me I want to share with you, and, and that's, of course, from Acts chapter 9. When you think about Saul of Tarsus and what he did, the Bible says he was consenting to Stephen's death. That word consenting means to, to walk around with a smile. He, he's thinking about what happened, and he's relishing in the fact that you know, he, he is making progress in trying to destroy the way. And he talks about this in the book of Galatians. He was trying to destroy the faith. Now he's preaching it, but there was a time when he was trying to destroy it. You remember in Acts 9 when, when he's on the road to Damascus and he's blinded and the Lord speaks to him? He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? A point that I always try to bring out in my preaching and teaching on the Lord's church is that the Bible says in Acts 8 that Paul persecuted the church. And yet Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? What's the point there? When somebody persecutes the church of Christ, they are persecuting the Christ of the church. Because the Bible makes it very clear that the church is the body of and the body is the church. Ephesians chapter 1, 22 and 23. Jesus is the head of the body. Colossians 1, 18. Jesus said, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 18. The church then is the body of Jesus Christ. He is the head of the one body, the church. In Ephesians chapter 5, we have this reference to husband and wife, and Paul says, I'm speaking about Christ and the church. And so the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus is the Savior of the body. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4, there is one body. What's the point that we're trying to make here? There's only one church, and it belongs to Jesus. And when someone ridicules the church, oh, y'all are the only ones going to heaven, uh, y'all don't believe in the Old Testament. Y'all don't believe in music. You know, what we hear from the denominational world is, is ridicule. They're really ridiculing, uh, ridiculing God. They're really ridiculing Jesus, who's the head of the church, who purchased the church with his own blood, Acts twenty twenty eight. And sadly, even among the brethren, even among those in the church, there are statements that are made that are very hurtful uh, against their own brethren. Ridicule. Well, this is how they do it, and this is what they're doing over here. And they're being like Pharisees. They're being too legalistic. They're being too strict. They're not strict enough. Ridicule. That is Satan's device. He wants that. He wants division. He wants to cause problems. And so this device of ridicule is alive and well today. But that's something we need to remember. When somebody speaks ill of the Lord's church, they're speaking ill of the Lord himself. So what's the solution? You know, how can we today, as we make application to this, of course, Nehemiah made great application. He went to God in prayer. He said, I know they're ridiculing me. 
I know they're call, trying to cause problems for me and the others, but I'm not going to let it stop us. We need to have the same mindset and be encouraged to keep going. And so with that, I want to share two passages of Scripture with you from the New Testament as we close out this episode today. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know that one of his devices is ridicule. So how can we make sure we weather the storm of ridicule and be aware of this device? First, we think about the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. I want you to notice how Jesus is building up to this point. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. And then notice in 10 through 12, he deals specifically with persecution. No doubt this would, this would involve the ridicule that all those who oppose God's ways, uh, the ridicule that they offer. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Jesus says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, when you think about this final phrase, Nehemiah was persecuted, and those who were with him as they're trying to rebuild the walls were persecuted by ridicule. But Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So Nehemiah, they were doing the right thing, and they could take comfort in that. And the same is true for us. And the next passage is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. 1 Peter 4, 14 through 16. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. The Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glorify God in this matter. Going back to the example of Nehemiah, who's weathering the storm of Satan's devices, he's already faced the device of opposition, and now he's facing the device of ridicule. He handles it the right way. He's able to glorify God through this, because as he hears the ridicule, as he's aware of the problem, he goes to God in prayer, and he encourages and strengthens those who are with him to keep working and not allow Satan to take advantage. Not allow Samballot, Tobiah, and Gershon, those who are em employing Satan's devices to derail them and stop them for what they were doing. And we have to do the same thing today. Now, Satan's influence is alive and well in opposing all the things that are good. We need to be ready for that. And when people ridicule us for standing up for what is right, let's remember this example of Nehemiah. And let's remember the words of Jesus. Blessed are you. Maybe a storm that you're facing, maybe a problem that you're going through right now is you're handling a lot of ridicule, a lot of criticism from those in the world. Keep your head up and keep doing what God would have you to do, knowing that He will be glorified and we can rest in that. 
I thank you for listening today to this episode. Again, this is part two of our study. Next week, Lord willing, we'll come to part three as we notice the device of intimidation. Nehemiah chapter four, verses seven and eight. Hope you'll be back with me next week. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.